Thank you uh, for joining us to the opening session uh, of our forum after the welcome remarks of Knut uh, and myself. We're now coming into the first session. I would like to um, thank Thomas Nazur, uh, the partner of uh, Deloitte, for uh, sponsoring uh, and helping put together uh, and moderate this panel. Um, I would like also to thank uh, the uh, German Ship Owners Association for the help and support uh, that has been given to us for this uh, uh, forum. And also I'd like to mention the, uh, the great help of Thomas Redder, uh, who has really uh, been a tremendous uh, contributor uh, for this event. And Thomas, I'm turning it over to you to introduce the, uh, the panelists. Thank you to everybody for being with us. Yeah, Nicola, thank you very much um, um, for the opening remark here. And uh, a warm welcome to all of you from Hamburg. I hope that the technique is working all the time, uh, which uh, was just a problem a few minutes ago, but now it should work. Um, I'm, it's a big honor to moderate this opening panel with the topic, the German maritime cluster, past, present, future. For me, it's about turning challenges into winning strategies. And I'm proud uh, of having here the um, great panel with me. And uh, let me share my screen to, to introduce the panelists. And this should work right now. You should see the panelists in a second. I see also my, my presentation has changed <laughs> due to these technical topics. But okay, let me introduce the panelists first. Um, so we have Kapitän Alfred Hartmann. He is um, the chairman of the German Chip Owners Association and also managing director of uh, Hartmann Group, um, which is one of the major shipping companies in Germany. We have um, also here with me, uh, Thomas Reder. Thomas Reder is a managing partner of um, the shipping company Carsten Reder, a very traditional shipping company from Hamburg. And also he was um, president of the German Community Ship Owners Association. And European the, community. Oh, European community, right. Yeah, European Community Ship Owners Association. And is still in the board of this organization. And then we have um, with me, Michael Finnen, one very traditional ship owner here in Germany. You can say from the when the ship come shipping company started in the past is the very very traditional shipping company from Bremen. Um, managing partner of Finland Shipping, and then we have um, Dr. Martin Haren in the panel. He is managing partner of Haren Group, in, also based in Bremen. And, uh, but also he acquired three years back uh, SAL Heavy Lift and is the managing director there. So it's a great honor to have you all here in the panel. And let me first jump on, on, the firm, on one slide to open up the panel discussion. So German shipping is still, it's, you see this, I hope you see this uh, screen, shared screen. German shipping is still, um, a very leading um, shipping market. We are number four in terms of uh, fleet size globally. However, um, and you see it in the graph here, German shipping always outpaced 
uh, over a decade, the global shipping growth. But since uh, 2013, we turned this in the other way. So we halved the, our share on the global fleet. So um, this is likely to continue based on our order book and based on, on the financing we have, because financing means for shipping, they appear very limited from our view. But uh, given that we are the third largest exporter and that exports in Germany is one of the backbone of our whole economy, there's a huge potential. And when we look on the fleet growth globally, which is constant over more than a decade, then we see that, uh, that we potentially can come back on track and grow um, at the same pace like the global fleet. But how to do this? What are the key and cornerstones for this? And we as Deloitte identified five key topics uh, to, to turn our shipping landscape into a winning scheme here again. First, it's about financing, then focus. So we have to focus on our competitive edge. We have digitization, green shipping, and we need to rethink our success management in a more sustainable way. These are also topics for our discussion round. And now I stop sharing and we come to our panel round. So the first question is about financing and um, goes to Kapitän Hartmann. Kapitän Hartmann, you, you recently managed uh, to successfully refinance your fleet or a major part of this. So do you feel there is a financing gap on what, what is a winning strategy to overcome this? Uh, yeah, thank you, Thomas, for the question. Uh, but first, I'm not the managing director. I'm the chairman of the board of the Hartmann AG. So it's, uh, okay. it's a, a small uh, difference. Um, yes, uh, we managed uh, to refinance. And um, that was really hard work, especially last year with the corona uh, problems, because we could not meet, meet each other anymore. And uh, that was one of the problems. The other problem was uh, even uh, no, uh, neither the buyer nor the seller could visit the ships before sale or buying. Uh, that was really big, uh, difficult, and uh, it was a hard work for everybody which were involved. And uh, but at the end of the day, we succeeded. So that's uh, one thing, and uh, I have to say thank you because it was a real hard work for everybody. But uh, financing for German shipping, is that still possible or not? Um, uh, just also to see uh, the, the graph you showed to us, uh, the decline of the German fleet, I would say like Socrates already knew, the secret of change is not to fight the old, but to build the new. I think that is uh, very important for us. The German shipping industry has changed substantially over the past decade and with and with it was used to be the German ship finance cluster that failed. While the German ship financing banks once had around 106 billion US dollar of business, they struggle to get anywhere near that figure today and in the future. It will not come back, at least not for the 
near future. In the years following the global financial crisis, U-shaped finance structures have been developed and new sources of finance have become available to the German shipping industry. Conventional ship financing deals with traditional banks have now become few and far between. Most ship finance banks that historically dominated the German market have been existing, uh, exiting uh, shipping by actively marketing and selling their shipping portfolios or allowing existing loans to amortize, amortize, amortize and not taking on new business. So not all banks uh, left the shipping uh, financing, but uh, the major German, the big banks, of course, they left. And uh, we must also say they lost a lot of money with that. Although this has been triggered by the financial crisis in the following years of 2008, there are other factors affecting the desire, the desire that banks to shrink their shipping portfolio. These factors include the increasing regulation and scrutiny uh, faced by the European banks, particularly as a result of the bail regulations and following the substantial losses made by these banks and the shipping industry over the course of the last decade. Following this substantial reduction in the availability of financing from traditional banks, German ship owners are increasingly turning to alternative financing sources. This is particularly the case for the majority of small to medium-sized German ship owners, as traditional lenders are generally focusing on larger shipping clients due to the regulatory and risk management requirements. As a result of this, German ship owners are now becoming increasingly interested in considering structures such as high-yield bonds, convertible debts, capital and operating leases, as well as preferred equity structures. Some of the larger players within the shipping market have turned to the capital markets in order to meet their funding requirements. And we have to know that uh, almost 80% of the German ship owners are small or medium-sized entities, so that are not big ship, shipping companies. Yeah, but and, just, a, just a short question. Mr. Hartmann, I mean, uh, these companies have no access to high yield bond structures, things like this. How can they refinance uh, their fleet? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, refinance it might be a problem because uh, we have a problem of the loan to value uh, ratio. So that is a problem. So if to refinance the ship with a, with a high loan to value, um, it's uh, probably difficult, but uh, financing for due projects uh, might be much easier. Uh, but this is uh, for uh, we we have two tiers. If you have as a as a small owner with a few vessels, of course you have to look for traditional financing, uh, as we say in Germany, with friends and uh, with family and friends, and that works still very good. But you need a good project. So with good projects, it's possible uh, still today. Um, and with the uh, markets, which are much better than it was uh, last year, it looks uh, it will continue, or with a continuation, uh, of course, then we will find also more equity come from private, uh, from private investors. Mm -hmm. Okay. Th this um, works already. 
So, mm. uh, but then, of course, also for smaller ship owners, uh, Chinese banks and leasing companies are becoming increasingly active within the shipping industry. This activity is likely to increase, uh, aimed at supporting the Chinese shipbuilding industry. So, if you uh, build in China, it's not a real condition, but uh, of course, then in many cases, the Chinese banks offer a um, uh, lease financing and uh, for many of us it's attractive not for all of us and it's not uh, the it, it costs a bit more than uh, the traditional financing we were used uh, in the last year like a key g financing as you said uh, as we know um, so it's a bit more difficult uh, but the structures of was a good structure was a good project uh, was uh, long term was a good business model was a long term employment uh, which grants mm. uh, return of investment uh, there are opportunities also for smaller ship owners uh, to get a financing yes mm. yeah thank you very much um, i give the word to to thomas reda uh, thomas what is your experience i mean we just learned the long term charter chinese ship then you have a chinese lender might be um, or a German bank uh, stepping in. Is this your experience as well? Well, I think, uh, as a general remark to begin with, Thomas, I think we can see that loan finance in general um, has a much higher risk awareness today and is also um, much tighter regulated. And bearing this in mind, of course, leasing solutions have uh, a certain attraction. Um, I think we have seen a lot of leasing structures in the past. However, they have primarily been used for end users and they have primarily been used for either companies with strong balance sheet or they have been used for companies that have provided very long-term charters as a backup for these leasing structures. So I think uh, they're they attractive and they're also attractively priced for individual uh, situations, but they do not replace the exodus of the traditional lending community that we have seen in Germany. I mean, today, the, the biggest uh, traditional ship lender is OVB and Lea, and with all due respects uh, to them, because I think they do an excellent job, uh, I think for a country like Germany, this is, uh, um, to say the least, underfunded. And uh, so I think that is a problem. We see that the traditional asset-backed uh, lending is very scarce and very restrictive. Uh, and it is expensive, expensive because asset-backed lending, of course, today is at a disadvantage uh, when you compare it to the past and the regulations have changed. But we see that you need asset-backed lending uh, for the liquid parts of the market because uh, shipping will not be able to survive without having a liquid charter market where you do not have long-term employment and where people are not willing to... Uh, back it up with their balance sheet or they do not have the strong balance sheets. So I think the traditional lending will be required, no doubt, and, and leasing and, uh, uh, and bond issues and uh, similar structures are just good for one portion of the market. Okay. So we, we, we hope that German, that we can convince the German lenders and investors come back. And potentially here we we have to the next topic, which is focus, because it's key to write an investor story to show something. 
Um, and at least for us as Deloitte, an investor story is more than just a long-term employment of investment. It's more in what we see all lenders, they focus more on corporate structures, on a corporate story, and the same uh, do investors globally, not just only in Germany. Um, Michael Finn, you are, ex are you expecting a further say, teaming up, uh, going together in, in whatever form or consolidation in the market to, to be able to write this investor story, to focus on, on, on the own competitive edge? Is this required? Well, so size, size doesn't matter, we know, uh, speed matters, but, <laughs> but what do we see in the German shipping here? Well, thank you, Thomas. Uh, consolidation is, of course, uh, a big question, has been a big question, and we've seen a lot uh, of horizontal consolidations, not so much vertical, but, of course, starting with the mainline operators, for example, we all know that uh, they have merged a lot, Maersk buying Hamburg Süd and, and Hapag Lloyd merging with UASC and so on. Uh, another important field, uh, chartering brokers. Um, also, we've seen quite a few mergers in the German top container ship uh, chartering brokers. There's these new groups, BlueNet, which is Kostamara and Döhle and others getting together. We also joined them with our fleet. Uh, Hanseatic Unity, several German owners getting together or Harper Peterson, another group and so on. So also I think in chartering brokers, uh, size, access to information, access to charters matters. But then we come to ship management, which is also our field. We have not seen so many big mergers in Germany or yeah, let's say in Germany. Uh, so I think here size matters less and focus, as you were saying, focus is more important. Focus on your own strength and uh, the market knowledge you have of certain ship types that you can run and, and manage well. And I think it's, it's very important to, to realize that according to a Clarkson study, um, worldwide, 60%, 60% of all vessels are managed by companies that are uh, small or medium sized, not more than 20 vessels. So that's not a German phenomenon to have small and big players, but also many small players. So it's a worldwide 60% uh, less than 20 vessels. Um, so, for example, for our company, um, um, we have uh, uh, gone away to offer ship management, um, which is in accordance with the uh, uh, SOX, this American Sarbanes-Oxley Act. Um, this is the, you know, transparency, you know it as well, of course, as, as audit company, this transparency and information act that, that you have to fulfill if you are US listed. So with this, we, were, we are able to manage vessel for a US listed company, which is Costa Mala in this case, also the biggest container ship owner of Greece. Um, so this is cost, has cost us a lot of effort and we had to change our systems uh, tremendously. But uh, now we can with this also prove to the outside that we can offer uh, ship management in this, in, this, uh, in this, according to this requirement and this quality so this is one example where, where we have uh, focused, which gave us new opportunities for, for business. So also with our size, um, uh, we can, uh, we see a future there. So, I mean, you mentioned in the beginning, we're an old company, we're more than 200 years. So we've been reinventing ourselves and this is uh, another step in that way. So yeah, in summary, uh, I think in ship management, other than in other fields, 
there will be a, a big variety of companies and each has to find its own its own focus. Thank you very much, Michael. Yeah, Martin, you managed uh, to finance a, a number of projects, always uh, at least from, from my perception on a project by project basis. So always finding new investors, um, um, you work, I, I know, with uh, good friends, uh, but also very, very, um, say, educated, professional, global acting investors. So what is your winning strategy to attract um, financing for your projects? First of all, thank you very much, Thomas, that uh, you assume that we have a winning strategy to uh, get investors on board. Uh, so, so my question would be, why do you think that is the case? Yeah, at least I saw, um, for me, I saw that you were not trying basically to build um, one huge, say, project and, and uh, try then to bring everything in into this. But do you are then chasing investors on a project by project basis? So say, okay, we have an idea which yeah. guarantees a certain say, return. We can, yeah. so, but we only focus on one thing, not dot on 10 things at the same time. Yeah, maybe I would even say there, there is no, let's say, uh, strategy. If it's a winning or losing, it doesn't matter. So the, I think we don't have. Uh, somewhere in our organization, uh, a strategy how to attract investors. So what we have is, of course, a business model which is which is which is which is centered and focusing on on clients, of course. Yeah? So, and of course, I would say, uh, if, of course, we are blessed with the, with with many people which are really dedicated to the, towards the, the, the goal. If it's our engineering, if it's our chartering, if it's our at the end of the day, it starts with a booking then uh, uh, the performance and at the end of the day also our bookkeeping system has to be in order and, and controlling to get uh, things done and, and that is I would say in general that is let's say working quite okay yeah to be let's say uh, uh, full of self-esteem yeah but that is at the end of the day if that is let's say working then you also have the chance to um, um, to, to, to convince people um, also to, to support you let's say with uh, uh, with uh, with financial help but there of course that is a big puzzle but I would say there is no strategy towards investors there is a strategy towards clients and it's uh, and and of course that is based on 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 our organization in Bremen and Hamburg and our, our offices which is at the end of the day, uh, serving our clients, and uh, um, and that is at the end of the day also the reason that we are also successful in the in the finance space. Let's say, mm -hmm. is that is so answering your question, Thomas? Yeah. No, yeah. it's it's, uh, it's great to hear that, and I also listen and, and and learned this from Michael Finn here. So the more you focus on your client, the more successful is also the convincing, say, story. So like when yeah. you set up Sabine's Oxley procedures to, to uh, be able to, to serve um, capital market oriented companies or listed companies. And um, from your end, it's the same. Like if you keep, if you focus on the client and 100% and know what the client wants, then it's also convincing your investor friends. 
right? Yeah, you know, it is, it, it is exactly like that. And, and if you're a financing partner um, and, and, and all these people are very well educated and most likely they're even more intelligent than we, and, and of course they, 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 they will look at us and, 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 and they want to see, uh, can we are, that they can we serve our clients? For the finance part, they are, let's say, uh, 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 let's say, taking that part over, and uh, um, they don't want us to have a strategy towards, let's say, financing people. Yeah? So this is, at the end of the day, there's a need, yes, but not not a strategy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Welcome. So, the the next um, topic is digitization. Uh, which we think as Deloitte is key, um, not just only to, to uh, better control cost. So the last uh, say percentage uh, in cost maybe uh, when you have big data analyzed tools, but it's also to improve service to customer. Um, and it's maybe also offering new services. And uh, two years back, uh, Deloitte and the mainline operator, we we kicked off um, a new body. This is the DCSA, the, the Digital Container Shipping Association, which we founded together. And this is a standard setting body to allow exactly technology, connectivity, and uh, electronic documentation that this is somewhat like in its own and uh, global standard. Um, and here, Michael Finn, is this something which impacting your business that you see in these container liners and you manage container ships? You just mentioned it from Costa Mare. Is this already impacting also the owner, the manager? Or is this something which is only in the mainline operators and there's no need for digitization on your end? You're on mute, Michael. Yes, sorry. Now it's uh, sorry. Um, um, to, to be honest, I before uh, we spoke about this panel, I hadn't heard of the uh, this DCSA Digital Containership Association. So that is certainly focused on the on the box, on the container, and uh, standardization among uh, the, the the main line operators. Um, but I mean, in the end, uh, so we are not uh, haven't really had contact with that. But of course, we in the future, I think. Uh, need also more information about the cargo we have on board. You know, now we, we don't really know much about the containers we have on board. And if anything happens, I think that is not a good status. So I think through that also DCSA, we can, we can uh, improve that. But of course, in, in the more broader aspect of your question, digitalization, digitalization uh, is, a, is a huge subject for us, for everybody in, in, in shipping, um, also for us as owners. And, uh, and the need for standardization in shipping moving more in a direction where maybe aviation or other industries have gone. Uh, I, I have one example. Um, we have, for example, uh, um, again, talking about Maskline, but that's one of our biggest customers. And they have a, uh, for the reefer containers, the reefer containers are always, of course, of big importance to the uh, charterers because of the value and the importance of the cargo. And they've put up uh, their own uh, system on our ships, a communication unit being placed on, on the Monkey Island on top of the, of the bridge on the open deck there, where the reefer containers send um, uh, all the data to this unit and through our um, uh, satellite communication, we're then sending it to, to Maersk. And I'm, I'm sure, sure uh, soon uh, they will also provide that to their customers. So the, let's say the fruit importer can see how he's, his bananas are doing 
on uh, during the sea travel on board of the ship in that reef. But that's in, that's a, a company-specific solution. So I think that should be a, a solution that the whole industry can use. So we as owners would then have systems that can work uh, with everybody uh, in, in that field, for example. But uh, in general, uh, the, the, the already the, the requirements that we have to, to, to report data to our charters um, uh, on, um, uh, yeah, on, on all uh, operating matters is huge. So um, it's still though that the, the engineers go to the engine, go to the engine control room, take notes and input these data into some um, reporting software, our own reporting software, those of the charterers and so on. So we know exactly what's going on, but it's a little bit, you know, too manual, but it's difficult to, to uh, put all these sensors in an existing ship. So for new buildings, I think all this uh, censoring of many um, elements, many uh, engines on board will, will happen and that will um, be the uh, one way to deal with it. But of course, in general, I mean, already now it's in full swing, the, 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 the whole, all digital aspects on board the vessels, the engineers have to be more uh, IT, uh, have, have no more IT knowledge, definitely in the office also, we've really uh, stuck up there a lot and, and invested a lot and that will certainly continue, no doubt. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Martin, Aaron. Is digitization, is digitization, could this be a winning strategy? I mean, when you're so client-focused, are these clients demanding that you more, say, um, pass over certain data, like we just learned from the reefer containers? I mean, you're on heavy lift um, and brake bike. Is there digitization also in this business? You mean a winning strategy towards clients, uh, like 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 Michael just said uh, for for Maersk uh, being being his client. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's to win clients, of course, a big puzzle, right? So uh, uh, and and um, there are many many pieces which I think are more important, but of course uh, they could also let's say have some benefit of uh, let's say tracing cargo at the end of the day is, is could, could be could be a, a thing but at the end of the day i would say at least for us yeah digitization is, is maybe relevant for coordinating with our colleagues we have a certain speed in in communication and towards your field auditing Jahresabschlüsse, this kind of thing to be let's say uh, quite fast there but towards if it's a winning strategy towards clients so it's more than winning towards investors, yeah, giving them real-time information where where their returns are. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe towards investors. Sometimes if it comes to let's say what what Mike for, for ship management. For ship management, if you have people who are invested in in, in a ship and you can supply them with real-time data, with real-time information on on their computer at their home. <clears throat> Especially for very critical professional investors, private equity, that could be could be maybe maybe also a competitive advantage. But in general, for us, for our clients, cargo owners, I don't I don't think that is relevant for us as a company. Extremely relevant, of course. Extremely relevant, I think, for us at the moment working ten IT people. So that is something which I would say is very significant, very important. But it's more about being able to communicate and to exchange and so on. But uh, towards clients is maybe not the most important thing towards winning them or keeping them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, then let's uh, pass over to 
uh, a key next uh, keystone, which is green shipping for decarbonization. And we as Deloitte together with Shell, we uh, conducted a global study last year on decarbonization. And uh, there were 95% of all interview partners, they concluded that decarbonization is a top priority in shipping. And uh, Alfred Hartmann, um, do you see this the same way that decarbonization is driving and has a positive effect on, on demand? So that's easier to charter ships to win charter parties? Uh, yes, of course, decarbonization is, uh, is a real big issue because uh, we, a Ship Owners Association worldwide, uh, it was ICS, we uh, granted by ourselves to reduce the uh, CO2 emissions by 50, 50, uh, by 50 by 2050 and completely decarbonize uh, until the end of the century. So that's a big issue, but I have to also, we have to know um, the volumes or the Quantity of, quantity of cargo uh, increased by 40% since 2000 from between 2008 and 2018. Um, and uh, the emissions were reduced by 10%. That means uh, even the U ships are much better than the previous ships. Our problem is uh, it's in every, every continent. In my company by ourselves, we uh, work already, we have five U buildings, gas carriers uh, operating. They work uh, all on uh, on gas, and that means uh, carbon is reduced by 25%. But that's, this will not be su uh, sufficient by the end of the century because we need complete new uh, fuels. And uh, whatever fuel we are using, when there's a C in the uh, uh, chemical formula, then of course uh, we will produce CO2. That means we need new. Um, new fuels, uh, hydrogen might be, I, I had this morning a big discussion about that, but hydrogen is not available and it's very difficult. It has to be uh, cooled down to 253 degrees and it's not only expensive. So probably there's ammonia, there's methanol, but methanol is also a C in the formula if you look for that. Uh, uh, ammonia, it's, uh, it's NH3. That means there's no C, that is uh, clean. But what we need, it's uh, new technique. And we need the available availability of such a fuel worldwide so that we can take uh, that fuel on at any port in the world. So that is a, it's a very big issue. But for us, as ship owners, of course, it's very serious. We look for that, we investigate, we invest a lot of money in new technologies, but for the time being, there's not sufficient uh, alternatives. And so what we need, we need uh, to invest in research and development, uh, not as mm -hmm. companies, but also, but as the governments worldwide uh, to, we, we need new distribution systems. Uh, we need the availability all over the world. So that has to be subsidized and without subsidies, it will not work. And every shipper mm. likes to have the green ship, uh, but when it comes to terms of uh, payment, then they, it's, the willingness is not very high uh, to pay the additional money for a green ship because the investment is uh, it's 10, 20, 30 million, depends on the size of the vessel, uh, 
on top of that uh, compared to a traditional ship design. So, mm. but we take it very seriously and we have to do it. And we all know that we have to decarbonize um, as sooner as better, but we need a structure for that. We need the new fuels and that we cannot produce by ourselves. That is not, not what shipping mm. can do by itself. Yeah. It has to come. It has to come from uh, the governments or from the society. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you very much, um, Martin Hahn. Is this? Um, I mean, you have done already these investments in, into green shipping. Are these paying off, or is this just you paying and the client to win a client, but is not the client paying for it? Um. Yeah, I think we, we, we did several investments. Some are more or less successful, some are maybe not so successful. In general, of course, we, have, we, we, are, we are operating our own ship, as you know, and uh, we, um, of course, if we do a, a kind of investment, what we did for four of our ships in a kind of hydrogen, hydrogen that's a generating system where you, where you optimize the burning process, the, the combustion process, And we expect to two to three tons of, of savings uh, per day for ships. That is, of course, significant. But I have to say the, the installation for the first ship is almost done. But there was a kind of delay because the technicians couldn't fly. And at the end of the day, because of Corona. So there's a kind of delay. And that project is, um, is, is delayed. So I cannot really judge if it is successful at the end of the day or not. But first of all, it is, it, is, it is not only sponsored by our fuel savings, it is also sponsored, I have to say, by, um, by, a, by a subsidy of KFW, uh, which is, we speak about German cluster, right? So this is also very important. And, and I have to mention that and say thank you, 50% of that investment, which is uh, uh, um, seven digits, uh, let's say, uh, um, let's say um, it's a very significant, is, is, is done by our, our great government yeah okay yeah thank you very much i mean the, the very last round is about um, sustainable success measurement um, michael finn is there anything you would change in your success measurement i mean we know that environmental social governance principles are taking say over here um, are investors already demanding this measurement And we have short, just a short minute left, so just yeah. uh, one statement. Very short. <laughs> short. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I mean, uh, in, in chartering, uh, yes, the, the, all the uh, you know, consumption matters is, is already important. I think uh, for any investor, uh, you know, many invest according to ESG principles nowadays, and these are uh, booming. Um, so it will, will, be, will be important. But we have to realize one thing, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit Uh, you know, skeptical. Now, if you look at the new buildings that are built now, most just have a conventional heavy fuel burning engine, uh, even nowadays, and they have a lifespan of 25, 30 years. So to be honest, that if, until the whole fleet will be on, on better fuels or new fuels uh, and, and uh, carbon free, it will take a long time. It's a lot of investment. So we cannot, nobody can expect from shipping uh, to, to, uh, uh, to work miracles there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Short. So Last word, Thomas Reda, in this round. Is, um, do you think uh, German shipping can win the match? 
can master these challenges? You're on mute, Thomas. <laughs> Sorry. I, I think German shipping can win the match when they focus on their customers. That was pointed out by Martin very well. But customers are to some extent also investors. And I think we have provided tailor-made investment solutions in order to attract investment uh, for our business. And when we do that, then I think we will also be able to master the challenge. And uh, everyone has to find his own way of doing that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And, and since we have been reminded that the, the last minute is over, I think I, I skip all other thoughts that you can have on the subject, which would certainly require more time. But uh, thank you, Thomas, and, and wishing everybody a very successful conference. Yeah, same for me. Thank you, Aaron, um, to all the panelists. So we, we see uh, and we learned about the, the topic. There's a huge investment to be done, but this is also not just only Germany. It's we need these fuels. The Gigabonas um, chipping uh, digitization, yeah, it, I think it will also come and, and reach the Trump owner in a much more way, in a deeper way. And uh, also uh, be client focused. That's what we learned from this session. So thank you very much. And then after having all this, then we get lenders again on board. And hopefully, as we will see very soon. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. Thank you. Bye bye. bye, -bye. Bye.